0: Welcome to the podcast of Apostles by the Sea Anglican Church in Rosemary Beach, Florida. You can find out more about us on our website at apostlesbythesea.com. Thanks for listening. Good morning, church. There you go. Now I'm ready. Today is the Sunday before Thanksgiving. It's also one month and a week since the hurricane hit. And so I've been thinking, how do we give thanks to God, how do we give thanks after a tragedy? How do we do thanksgiving in the shadow of such sorrow and loss? But as I was thinking about it, you know what I realized? I realized that that's the way it always is, really. We're always celebrating thanksgiving in the face of sorrow. Thanksgiving, at least for now, always happens in the shadow of sorrow and loss. And here's what I mean. As long as we're here on this side of eternity, as long as we're here waiting and longing for God to wipe away all tears and to make all things new, we're living in the shadow of Eden. We're living in a broken world with broken hearts and broken relationships, broken and divided, enslaved by sin. And the thing is, as good as life gets, you can still feel it. Even in the heights of the greatest joys, there's always a tinge of sorrow. Maybe it's simply the realization that this great, wonderful moment will also pass away. But you can feel it even in the best of times. But you can really feel it when things aren't so good, like after a hurricane or after shootings or fires or when someone you love is suffering. And so I'm glad when I hear St. Paul tell us that all of creation is groaning because I sure am and it's good to know that I'm not alone that I'm not the only one who feels this way all creation is groaning and waiting with eager longing for the redemption of all things for God to make all things new Ever since the fall, ever since we first turned away from God in our hearts, we've been living in the shadow of that great sorrow, and yet we're told still to give thanks. Listen to some of these passages of Scripture. St. Paul, writing to the church in Thessalonica, says this. He says, "'Rejoice always, pray constantly, give thanks in all circumstances.'" for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And to the church in Ephesus, to the Ephesians he says, be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with all your heart, always and for everything, giving thanks in the name of our Lord Jesus to God the Father. And to the Colossian church he said, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body and be thankful. Let the words of Christ dwell in you richly. Teach and admonish one another in all wisdom and sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with, thanksf- with thankfulness in your hearts to God. In whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. You know what these passages teach us? They teach us that giving thanks is an essential part of the Christian life. It's supposed to be one of the hallmarks of who we are as followers of our Lord Jesus. Listen to what James says in his letter. He tells us why we should give thanks and who we should be giving thanks to. He says, every good and perfect gift is from above coming down to us From the Father of Lights, which means that every good thing, every good thing in your life, every good gift in this world, everything that has ever brought you joy or has filled your life with meaning is from God, our Father in heaven. That's where all the good things in your life come from. And so, James says, give thanks. We give thanks to God for everything, at all times, and in every situation we give thanks. There's a prayer that is said in the morning prayer service. It's called the General Thanksgiving. It's one of my favorite prayers of the church. I've always loved it. One of the things that I've loved about it most is how it helps us to give thanks for all the best things in life. Listen to this. It says, Almighty God, Father of all mercies, we, your unworthy servants, give you humble thanks. And what are we thanking God for? For all your goodness and loving kindness to us and to all whom you have made. We start by thanking God for his goodness and for his love. And then we say, we bless you for our creation, that he made us and gave us life, for our preservation, that he upholds us and that he meets our needs. And all the blessings of this life, we thank God for every aspect of our life, whatever our circumstances might be. But then the prayer makes clear the most important thing that we have to give thanks for. It says, but above all, more than anything else, we thank you for your immeasurable love in the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ. Above all, we thank God for his love that cannot be measured, his boundless and eternal love made known to us in the cross of Christ. And we thank him for redeeming us in Christ Jesus. Because that is our true hope and our true joy in this life, that God has not forsaken us, but in love has come to our rescue in Jesus. I love that prayer, because it helps us to remember all that we have to be thankful for. And then it takes us to the heart of all things, to God Himself and to the cross. Because the deepest thanksgiving, the truest thanksgiving, is when we give thanks to God Simply for God. God, we thank you for you. We thank you that you're the kind of God that you are. That's the deepest, holiest, truest thanksgiving of all giving thanks to God for God Himself. Do you ever do that? Do you ever just pray, God, I thank you for you? Nobody answered that question. (laughs) You assumed it was rhetorical. But maybe you should. Maybe you should say, God, I thank you for you each and every day. You know, giving thanks to God, that's one of the reasons that we actually encourage everyone to make a pledge. It's not just about making sure this church has the money to carry out its ministries. It's deeper than that. Making a vow to the Lord, that's one of the most profound ways to give thanks to God for everything he is and to show him that he comes first. Someone said that if you want to know what a person really loves and cares about, then you look at what they spend their money on. And so if you looked at my finances, for example, or if you looked at Ashley's and my finances, my awesome wife Ashley's finances and my finances... At this time in our lives, Ashley and I spend a lot of money on our children. Food for them. William, food for them. (laughs) And clothes for them. And why? Because we love them. And we care for them. And so we spend our resources on them. But another thing you'd see is if you looked at our finances, you'd see that we give 10% of everything we make to God. And why? Because we want to tell him, not only with our lips, but in our lives and with our finances, that he's first for us. And the truth is, here's the truth. God doesn't need our money. This church does, but God does not need our money. But that's not why Ashley and I ever since we got married, have determined to give our tithe, 10% of everything we make, to God. We don't give him money because he needs it. We give it to him because we need it. We need it. We need to put him first. We need to put him first in our finances. We need to put him first in everything. And so we give, not because he needs our money, but because we need to take our first 10% and give it over to him because it does something to our hearts to give it to Him. It does something in here to not spend that money on me, but instead to give that money in thanksgiving to Him. And we do it when times are great, and we do it when times are not so great. We do it when everything is well and we can feel the sun on our face, And we do it when all all we can feel is that shadow of sorrow in our hearts. Still, at all times and in all circumstances, we give to give thanks to him. All right. When I said something like that years ago at another church at a a galaxy far, far away, (laughs) a long time ago, Somebody said, "Okay, everything was good, and so you, everything you did in your sermon was good until you started meddling," and that's what they said that was. <laughs> so, to ameliorate any bad feelings you might have about me meddling, although I was just talking about me, I want to do something different. I want to play you a song. I'm not going to play it on the guitar. I'm going to play it through the speakers. It's a song by Andrew Peterson. I actually played some shows with him back in the day. But a few years ago he became an Anglican and he fell in love with the liturgy. And how in every service we rehearse together the story of salvation. Reminding us in the world what's truly true. And so we wrote a song to be like the liturgy with a part for the singer and a part for the people. The song's based on a passage from Revelation chapter five. And and here's what happens, in heaven, It is asked if anyone is worthy to open the scroll to reveal what God has in store for the future. Is anyone worthy to open the scroll to reveal what God's will is for you and for me and for the world? And only one is found to be worthy, and it's Jesus, our Lord and our Savior. And in the song it starts out, do you feel that the world is broken? And the people respond, we do. But by the end, it's a celebration that in Christ, all will be made new. <laughs> all right, I am not gonna say any more right now. Let's just listen to this. There's an insert in your bulletin, actually. I'd love for you to get the insert out. I've given you the words so that you can follow along. But as you listen, I just want you to think this is why we give thanks. We give thanks to God for him, for who he is, for the kind of God he is. And we give thanks to Jesus because he alone is worthy.
1: Do you feel the world is broken? We do. Do you feel the shadows deepen? But do you know Is a new creation coming? Is Is the glory of the Lord to be the light within our midst? is. Is it good that we? Is He worthy of things? He is. Does the Father truly love us? He does. Does the Spirit move among us? He does. And is Jesus our Messiah? Hold forever those He love Does our God intend to dwell again with us?
0: Let's try that together, ready? We're not gonna sing it, but I just want you to go down to that does the Father truly love us part, right there. Let me ask you the question and you guys answer it. Does the Father truly love us? He does. Does Does the Spirit move among us? He does. And does Jesus, our Messiah, hold forever those he loves? He He does. Does our God intend to dwell again with us? He does. That's why we give thanks. That's why we give thanks, because he is worthy of all glory and honor and praise and thanksgiving. And so we give thanks. Right now, we might be living in the shadows, but we still give thanks because God in Christ is making all things new. That includes me. That includes you. Let me say a prayer. For Father in heaven, we thank you for you. Lord, give us thankful hearts. In Jesus' name, amen.